everyone, you're listening to a fresh episode of MyCast Season 5, The Alam Saga. I'm your co-host, Drishti. And this is your co-host, Jay. Spotify sits at the center of culture, thanks to its ever-growing music catalogue and a slate of owned and exclusive podcast content. Thus, today in this episode, we have with us Mr. Vineet Kanabar, an alumnus of MyCA from the batch of 2011. He is currently the content marketing lead at Spotify India and also host one of our very favorite podcasts, Storytellers and Storytellers. Sir, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's great to be here, man. Um, love what you're doing on this podcast. Uh, love that Mikeans have a solid podcast culture going and, and it's just great to see this. Um, kudos to you guys and thank you so much for having me. Thank you, sir. So, to begin with, Spotify has revolutionized how we consume music from food playlists to machine learning algorithms. So the streaming device has become the definite taste maker. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us just to begin with for our listeners as well, can you tell us about your role at Spotify and its work culture? Sure. Um, I think most of you know that Spotify is the company that helped resuscitate the music business right pretty much it's a very creator focused artist focused company it's uh, building out almost an entire ecosystem which was dying with piracy and, and other things that are happening right so spotify as a company has always been um, all about solving for the artists connecting millions of creators to millions of fans um, providing a platform for these artists to make money off of their music and for millions of people to enjoy music or podcast, right? Um, that sounds as exciting as it does, right? It really sounds exciting when I say it myself. Um, my role here is to to market the content um, that we have, right? Uh, music, again, is, is such a commoditized category. Music, everyone is at library parity. Everyone has the same kind of music available to listen, right? You have Bollywood catalog and then you have indie catalog and you have language catalogs. Almost everyone has give or take 5% difference in what is available, right? So what makes a difference is what is the product itself uh, and what is the what are the tenets of the product? So Spotify, the tenets of the product are personalization, playlists, podcasts, right? And my job is to help market uh, new music that is coming out through these playlists. So building a flagship playlist brand, working on uh, big artist marketing campaigns uh, like a Sindhu Musewala album or working on major podcast title launches, right? So that's that's what I do, um, marketing various audio content titles and that's the general mission that we're on um, at Spotify as well is where we're growing this audio category, making sure audio is a viable uh, medium for creators to put out content in, right? Um, apart from that, I also work on a lot of culture marketing initiatives. Uh, again, sounds super exciting. Um, although it'll get more exciting once the pandemic is over and we actually have live gigs and meetups, more uh, more and more of these as, as artists and creators return to the wilderness, so to speak. Um, and finally, I'm working on how content marketing can really be a growth engine for a very new brand, right? Spotify has only been in India for about two and a half years. Sure, you might have the APK from before then, but uh, it's a very new brand in the country, right? So, um, so far we're, we're still building the brand, but um, the vision is that with new content coming out, with new podcasts coming out, that's going to be the growth engine, right? So I'm trying to figure out how content marketing can be a growth engine 
uh, for Spotify in the medium to long term. So that's sort of how I describe my role. Here. So in the past year and a half, uh, we have inhaled and consumed content like never before. And it makes us grin, laugh and many times ponder. Uh, so with the increasing digital penetration in India, there seems to be more scope than ever before to exercise, exercise our creativity. So what are some of the new challenges that have emerged in this space or uh, have the narrative content is the king changed? It's a very interesting question. Um, I, I think it's got two parts to it, right? Uh, the first thing that you said is there's so much potential for creativity, for expression, for content to be created, right? And that brings with itself so much possibility that you've not even thought of what is, uh, what could be put together, right? What kind of new narratives, what kind of new creators, what kind of um, new stories, new characters, new settings, so much can be created, right? Um, and yet, we are already feeling like there's too much content already. Right. It feels right. like, oh, wow, everybody is just making content. Right. Like I have a now 14 year old nephew who lives in a small town outside Nagpur, about 150 kilometers from Nagpur. Um, and he's making types of Panipuri eaters in a little small town called Vani there. Right. So everybody is making content. What's interesting is that um, we are only scratching the surface in this whole game. Right. So this content creation business is only been around for like five, seven years, right? Only the first set of new companies that are making new media content um, or producing for the web have really just about come around, right? Um, yeah. So even though the pandemic has feels like it's accelerated everything, I think we still have a long way to go um, for this whole thing to really settle, right? Um, now, what do I mean by settle? I mean, that there should be proof of this being sustainable, right? Uh, I speak to creators very regularly on, on my podcast and there are some creators who are like, the first port of call for them is, okay, if I make 20 videos or if I make 20 podcast episodes, at what point in time do I start making money, right? And that is that I think is the first big challenge that the ecosystem needs to solve for. Right. Uh, whether it's platform companies, whether it's talent management agencies, whether it is advertisers, brands, etc. Everyone is in it for something and the creators are at the bot at the heart of creating this entire ecosystem. Right. So how do these creators get paid? That I think is the biggest challenge uh, that everybody is solving. Like I said, it's only been around a few years. Right. TV has had 40 years of figuring it yeah. out. Right. Yeah. Um, print has had, I don't know, 100 and thousand five hundred years of figure, trying to figure out how to keep be sustainable so i think that's the first challenge um that people need to need to really figure out right um apart from that there are obvious challenges um in the ott space right long-term value for um your investment is something that we still don't know what the exact maths looks like right subscription rates i mean subscription revenues while they're going up um i think there's a clear there's been a clear path towards increased subscription revenue, I think that there is the next port of call for um, OTT uh, players as well, right? How When can they lock in subscription revenues? How predictive can subscription revenue be? Um, that I think is the second thing. And finally, um, 
creator monetization right like like i said creator businesses is a new thing that's emerging so that i think is the third challenge right um how do we scale these creator businesses as more and more people are going into this space how do we scale these creator businesses when a uh, a sejal kumar launches her line or a bhuvan bam launches his line how do we make these bigger more meaningful cultural forces i think that's the next challenge right content banana to easy hai yaar cost of creation has fallen so badly that um everyone has a camera in their pocket everyone can edit everyone has youtube everyone has other platforms you have spotify to put out your audio stuff um so content banana easy hai and the pandemic has made it very easy for even more people to make that content but the next challenge next set of challenges are these right how do you continue to make money uh, how do you scale your creative ambitions into other businesses or other things that you want to do uh, how do otts see what is their path to sustainable monetization these are the next next 5 to 10 years in this industry at least right but at the end of that i think we will be at a point which is at least at least 10x of what the industry size is right now that's great so 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 as we were talking about uh, everybody making content in every nook and corner so speaking of the rise of streaming platforms like tvf dice media which has established an instant connection as the slice of life shows they closely mirror the viewer's life so what according to you are some of the strategies that worked for them in the in terms of entertainment marketing and unlocking new audiences i'll talk about tvf because i've been there obviously i can talk about filter copy right. as well because i've tracked them very closely right um these two creator brands have really become very sustainable because of their razor sharp focus on the type of content they want to create right tvf while i was there or even now for that matter tvf focuses on a very specific um aspiration in the indian middle class right in the early days of tvf that aspiration was supposed to be indian engineers abhi bhi indian engineers hi hain right tvf makes makes content yeah. for engineer i am an engineer i used to be a tvf fan before i joined tvf i'm still a tvf fan um and that's been the focus throughout right how do you tell feel good stories about india that nobody else is telling right ab wo nahi dikh raha yaar tv pe ye wala story right there is no story for um yes. how old are you jay you're 23 yes right um so uh, i guess that what oh, wow, amazing um <laughs> right but there's nothing for you man on tv for example right sports sure but apart from that kahan jayega so that is what tvf latched on to right tvf said i'm going to write intelligent stuff focused on a largely neglected part of um the indian consumer ecosystem right the young smart guy who has seen friends and seinfeld and house of cards now uske liye content nahi tha and that is what tvf has really done well the writing is intelligent it is very laser laser focused on a cohort of audience that is underserved and there is constant innovation right and tvf innovates in a very methodical manner right or at least in the past years that i have been a tvf fan um, tvf innovates in a very methodical manner um, it's almost inch by inch innovation in tvf right you'll never see tvf make like a revolutionary show i mean i remember the first time we showed a kiss in a tvf web series was permanent roommates and it wasn't even a tanya mikesh kiss it was a, a kiss where i don't know if you know the characters i'm just talking yeah, about tvf right now Oh, wonderful <laughs> so it's it's leo kissing tanya right and for us that was like incremental so tvf innovates 
in content in a very familiar manner right so the audience never feels like this is too too brash too different for me right and that's why tvf has this whole universe that has been created around tvf right so you have g2v etc etc filter copy has a slightly different point of view right filter copy uh, believes in reality plus 25% filter copy has made relatable content for a slightly younger generation even younger right maybe 19 to 21 or maybe 17 to 20 maybe that's that's the tg and they make stuff that this generation really latches on right what is this generation looking for they are scattered their attention spans are scattered which is at the listicle format <clears throat> sorry the listicle format really works for filter copy right um and they keep churning out jokes in that really well thought through data driven format um and that's what's work, what works for them right their shows are reality plus 25% and again superb focus right superb focus yes. on these two for both of these finally the one thing that ties them all together is the fact that they have taken risks and put out interesting new talent right that is the biggest thing that all the early digital creators that we've had right whether it's aib or tvf or eic or sng um, or or anyone else right for that matter they gave breaks to new talent and that's super important in a emerging content ecosystem right um, you must have risk takers people who are willing to push boundaries people who are willing to invest their own money and do things ab to fir bhi bahut paisa hai the ecosystem has a lot of brand money or platform money now floating in right but imagine putting up um 40 50 lakhs of your own money to make a web series in 2012 or 2013 right um that kind of risk and the talent risks right like putting people like jitu on screen putting a character like arnav out there right again these are real i mean to me as a fan and as sort of student of indian internet culture these are uh, milestones in yeah. in our shared experience of the internet right so right. that's what i think really makes tvf and again obviously on the business side tvf has uh, done some amazing stuff right they have really created a market where there was none for the longest time i was very fortunate to be part of doing that right so how do you sell a big web series to a brand how do you sell big licensing deals to an ott player that's just coming into the market how do you price to brands how do you work with milward brown or nielsen to create branded contact content impact case studies right uh, so this stuff has has been super rewarding as well but that's on the business side uh, that's what guys like guys like us uh, tend to do here man wow so 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 as you just mentioned that uh, creating a market where there was none and building familiarity and talking about an emotional connection Spotify even changed the way listeners interact with songs when it started uh, the showing us the lyrics on screen. So to us this seems like a great strategy for entertainment marketing. So how do you derive such insights especially insights like if we are talking about TVF then or uh, being in the market where there are no players and then coming up with new things. So what is the insight derived there and as well as you know for the lyrics which Spotify came up with? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> so I'll tell you what Spotify and product development is a, a full-on case study by itself, right? Uh, right from the recommendation algorithm to to what what we're doing for podcasts, right? The sleep timer, something as simple as the sleep timer. I don't know if you've ever used the sleep timer on on Spotify, right? But all of these are uh, 
obviously very rigorously tested product features um, over months and months of hard work by the Spotify product teams. Um, I think what underpins whether it's Spotify, whether it's a great feature on any other app, whether it's a great story is that it is rooted in in the consumer or the viewer's life and their truth, right? So um, how do you derive insights? You derive insights by really paying attention to what your consumer is saying, right? As simple as that. Uh, now, you may choose to pay attention by going to an FGD. You may choose to do it with a nationwide shopper research. You may choose to do it as by developing your own sort of listening engine on top of all the APIs that you can pull, you can do it, do it in a million, in a million ways, right? It really depends on which category you're in and what you want to do and what data you're looking for. Right? I'll give you an example, um, at TVF. And again, there was no set way of doing digital content research at, at TVF at that point as well. Right. Um, but what we were able to do because TVF was equal parts and a tech company because of TVF play, um, we developed almost. I mean, our own um, comments analysis engine, right? It could pull in APIs from everywhere, from YouTube videos, from TVF Play, from Twitter, from Facebook, from other platforms, wherever APIs are available, we would pull it in. And then we rigorously created our own uh, taxonomy, right? So if somebody is saying, I really like Bachelors, the web series because of the uh, Bollywood references, we would say that this is, liked because of theme and writing right if someone says i loved jitu bhaiya's acting in this we would say this is liked because of casting and actor someone would say i really like the music and that kind of taxonomy when you create at scale right and tvf at that time was serving anywhere between 200 to 300 million views a month so um, so interesting the apis yeah, and, and and you can do it, right? I mean, obviously, you need yeah. some someone who is a genius and the kind of product guys we had. They were really, really good to be able to do this. But this gave us insights, right? This so stuff and the kind of insights this gives you um, can you can use anywhere. You can use it to turn a six-minute sketch into a three-season web series, right? So for bachelors, exactly, we did two pilots as short videos, right? We said, okay, let's see what people say. We saw the success of it and we scaled it up into three seasons. It's done like 150, 200 million views overall, right? Um, we created a series of short sketches on the timeliners, for example, um, which was about about high school, 11th and 12th, secondary school, right? Late, late secondary, whatever. We saw the kind of response that was getting, the kind of reaction that was getting, put it into the data engine and we created Flames, the web series, right? Similar ways are followed everywhere right i was at spotify we rigorously try and figure out what the consumer is saying about every little thing right so whether it is the skip button whether it is the lyrics like you mentioned right like we've heard good things and bad things about the lyrics feature because the moment you put out a feature like this every feature is a life cycle right so the moment you put out a feature like this a consumer is going to be like, okay, this is wonderful. I really love it. But then some other consumer is going to be like, okay, can you change it this way? Can you give it to me in this language? Can you give it to me with annotations? Can you give it to me with meaning? Right? So it is a constant feedback cycle. And I think that's what's common to every great company, right? Um, yeah. Or every company putting out, um, how do you say, successive great products is that they're really in touch with the consumer empathetically they want to listen to the consumer and not be like hey no he's not smart enough to understand my product right yeah. that 
that i think is is what is really common in how these insights get derived especially in entertainment i think interesting sir uh, and sir since we're talking about consumers uh, the pandemic has altered our choices and consumption and uh, at mica we've been constantly trying to understand this uh, human behavior mm-hmm. so say so if we were to ask you two tricks or tips that help you understand consumer behavior in large and in the present context so what would they be first thing is read the comments okay whatever you're doing if you're running a brand that has any sort of digital presence read what your consumer is saying okay, read the comments read how they feel about this um read your tweets read any consumer feedback that's coming to you right just put your put the name of your brand into twitter and see what people are saying right Right. at least that i mean if if not actionable data at least it will give you directional data right and that is enough for you to then build hypothesis for any new thing that you want to do number 2 what has really always worked for me and this is um something that i hold very dear to myself um i'm i'm committed to disrupting as cliched as that sounds right like if if we've been doing something a certain way my attempt is to find a better way of doing it and and try and do that and while doing that what's important is you have to ask yourself what you're not asking yourself right what are you where are you not looking if you're creating a social media strategy and you're saying facebook twitter instagram are you also considering other short media short video apps do you really need to look at this as a business game business game whatever it is right ask yourself what you're not asking yourself um what are the hard questions you are trying to avoid um which are pertaining to the brief the business problem whatever it may be right and that often leads to leads me at least to interesting disruptive opportunities they may or may not happen but at least they are they are fun to do so so moving on from their branded content is increasingly become more becoming more mainstream and so is the willingness of brands to experiment with the way they market so mm-hmm. could you tell us about a specific project you worked on that has stuck with you and had an impact on you wow man i mean i i love it right? just let's talk about the good things you have done you should you should be like kya kiya tumne aisa jo which tum mood khane layak nahi ho aisi kaun si mistake thi jo aapne kari so which you look back now which you look at now and you're like ye kaise kiya tha tumne but anyway uh, always happy to talk about stuff i've done um that happened to do well uh tripling man i mean tripling ye meri family the kind of stuff we did at um at tvf uh, when it comes to branded content i think um it was a benchmark and it's a benchmark not just because uh, of one aspect right i think tripling specifically and and ye meri family after that as well um i think our benchmarks of how great branded content can be designed to be entertaining yeah right um to be aware it happened before that right and to be aware is a great way of creating a branded moment yeah. right but with tripling with a uh with a car being present over two and a half hours of content and with uh yemeri family and, and my god man try explaining mutual funds concepts in a show without making yeah. it seem boring <laughs> right so whether it was the branded content design at that point whether the way we marketed those shows and cre- really created and we were on shoestring budget right when tvf was an indie creator at that time right and uh, ye meri family launched one week after sacred games right and sacred games probably had like 50 times the budget that we had um and i was supposed to travel to amsterdam 
सो से ये मेरी फैमिली लॉन्च ऑन ट्वेल्थ जुलाई टू थाउजेंड आई एम गो एटीन सॉरी टू एंड आई माई वाइफ एंड आई लेफ्ट टू विजिट माई माइका रूम मेट विवेक कृष्ण स्वामी कृष्ण स्वामी शाउट आउट यू मब्बू टू विजिट हिम एंड एंड स्वर्णा अनादर बैचमेट हु आर मैरिड एंड दे लिव देयर एंड दैट कैंपेन मैन आई कोऑर्डिनेटेड हाफ वे ऑन हॉलीडे ये मेरी फैमिली सो या द वे वी मार्केटेड इट ट्रिपलिंग आई मीन प्री मच द फर्स्ट टाइम वी डिड यू नो प्रेमियर्स फॉर अ वेब शो गेव इट लेजिटिमसी इन दैट सेंस दैट दिस इज this is what entertainment looks like right it's simply because it's on the web doesn't mean it can't have a premiere and doesn't mean really famous people can't come to this uh, premiere and and you know be like oh what a great show so yeah man those two projects um, i hold very dear to my heart um a couple of others that i did while i was at wave maker as well right um stuff that we did on mondelez especially on uh, dairy milk cadbury dairy milk and this was uh, the time when the thank you bar had come out and that entire year was about uh say thank you right so all the stuff that we did man um whether it's uh the ads that that we helped with some data stuff that wave maker was working on whether it was the integrations whether we produced just in the middle of the pandemic we did a thank you campaign where we produced 18 films in 4 days in 5 locations so and it's so yeah. exciting yeah. that was yeah that was insane right and the whole uh premise of that campaign say thank you the one we executed was how do we say thank you to the regular people who are still coming to work man and this was june of last year so it had been just about a little bit uh, more than a year how do you say thank you to your to your uh, watchman how do you say thank you to um, the guy who gives you milk in the morning right how do you say thank you to if you're an actor for example how do you say thank you to the makeup person who's there with you right and thank you is such a sentiment and i loved working on this campaign yeah right that i think uh, mondelez and and Uh, dairy milk and thank you and the stuff that they've done in the last year even with that uh, the ad that they'd done right the uh, the store locator ad that they'd done the data ad my god love yes. working on that campaign reaffirms your faith uh, despite what anybody says that brand purpose is a real thing right and brands exist because people ascribe meaning and stories to brands and that is the primary purpose of a brand right how you define what story gets attached to your brand is your brand purpose comes but brands have a purpose and it is it is this right whether it is a banking brand or any other brand you might not have defined your purpose well that's a different issue but dairy milk my god loved working on on thank you and that entire campaign that was that was an experience so that sounds really fun the f- first part of it and then extremely inspiring wow man i have never felt so inspiring in my life i should work on that <laughs> so so having worked on so many projects uh one of the many things you do as a leading professional in the industry is both setting up and helping others set up cross functional teams sure so what makes a cross functional team efficient and what mindset should fresh mba students have when it comes to working in such a team I think the mindset, the two things that I will say that are important. Number one is young professionals should enter with a learning mindset, right? That unless you're so sure that this is not what I want to do, right? You should. The question you should really be asking is, okay, what can I learn here that will apply to what I eventually want to do, right? So young professionals must remember that careers are 
25, 30 years long at the least, right? You're not going to win the world in the first three years of your career. I mean, if you can and you have the capability and you have the drive, please go ahead and do it, right? Um, But otherwise, use this time to learn, use this time to understand what is it that you want to do and how what you're doing right now will help you grow towards that, right? I spent the early part of my career being a media buyer, right? I have no connection to media buying anymore, but I spent two years doing media buying simply because it's important for you to know because this is a massive part of the value chain, right? I spent time being an account servicing person, right? As much as people say account servicing is, oh, we don't have client servicing. It's the most important thing. How else will you learn how to deal with difficult situations or talking to clients or making yes. sales pitches or talking to people who where you need to talk to them for five minutes and they're not as patient as you guys, right? Like I can continue talking for five minutes, but clients will be like, 30 seconds, boss, what do you want to do? Right? So use what you can learn from uh, what you're doing right now and figure out how this helps in the long term. Um, the second thing that... Um, in terms of cross-functional teams that has really helped me is be a patient listener. Actively listen. Okay, Don't listen because you're waiting for your turn to speak. right? Simply because cross-functional teams feature people from different walks of life who bring different experiences, who bring different expertise. right? And if you patiently listen, um, they will articulate a lot of your thoughts for you because they can just do it better, right? You're sitting here thinking, oh, how will I build this tech product? I have never built a tech product in my life. But there's someone who has. So listen to them, right? Listen to them and try and find common ground, right? Intent is super important. So listen to them, not with the intent of, okay, now I want to speak in this meeting because my DCP ka time. Hai. That's not a great attitude to have, right? Especially when you're working with people from different parts of your organization, cross-functional expertise, shared goals, but different ways of working. Um, Listen with the intent to understand. Um, And finally, I'll give you a bonus. I said two things, but here's a third. Uh, Have the ability to find shared ground, right? A lot of times, especially in meetings, and and, and, and I'm saying this uh, as someone who who also does this, I'm sure, right? Often people are like, okay, I want to do this, I want to do that. They're saying something where there is common ground, but nobody's looking for it. So look for common ground between different teams, different objectives, different constraints. And that helps win with these teams, right? I mean, the power of collaboration in this industry at this point in time, especially for marketers, right? If you don't know how to run a collaborative team, learn quickly, right? Because that is a force multiplier that, Nothing else can match, right? It used to be art and copy. Then it became art, copy, and code. Now it's art, copy, code, media, tech, design, everything, right? And you have to figure out a way to bring all of these expertise, uh, all of these people with expertise in the same room together. So I guess that's where the legacy is coming from. We also believe in uh, collaboration over competition. No, be competitive, <laughs> 100%. So right? amongst but, the amongst correct, the team, yeah. don't yeah don't compete bad, with yeah. yeah don't compete with your own team right it's not about yeah. meeting with DCP see okay if there are people who are toxic in your workplace that's a different thing right and again I'm not holding it against someone but 
A lot of times I see that you need some people who are there to shepherd collaboration, right? And I feel like Mykins, especially because of our general broad sense or broad spectrum sense of things, um, we have this DNA. We should be able to, you know, do more of this. I'm sure Mykins do this yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, so we've heard your podcast and in your podcast, Storytellers and Storysellers, you dive into conversations around the business of entertainment. Right. So how do you select the stories you choose and how do you curate content and structure your podcast accordingly? Um, you want me to give away all these secrets? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so just a few tips maybe. Sure. Um, I've learned it the hard way, man. Uh, I I jumped into podcasting at a time when I was getting a little tired of teaching. I'd spent four or five years teaching at, at various preschools. Um, and I realized that teaching is not scalable. You're teaching very few people. So I jumped into podcasting headlong because a friend was like, hey, will you do this podcast uh, with us? And then I got introduced to IVM at that time. Um, what I've learned for the podcast, and I'll talk about structure before I talk about programming. Um, what I've learned about structure is that it's very important to give yourself rules, right? I give myself six questions, okay? Six questions are my six talking points for the show. The rest I will, it's a free-flowing conversation. Right? Six questions I give myself um, to set up the outline and flow, right? Because you can't have a, a podcast stacked with like everything, right? And I've done that. But I realized that it doesn't happen, not because people don't want to, but it's a lot of time commitment, right? So I realized six questions, 45 minutes. Um, my show also underwent a change in format. It used to be a two guest show. It was called Storytellers and Storysellers so that I could have one person from creative, one person from business, and we sit and talk about, you know, contentious issues uh, in that space. Um, but because of the pandemic, it became a one, one guest show. So I've realized these things over time in terms of structure, right? 45 minutes, six questions, um, have one segment that you do that is interesting. I used to have a recommendation segment. Now I have a segment called Water with Vineet, uh, where I ask like snap questions to, uh, to my guests. Um, I've realized what really works is the host's personality, right? So uh, my early episodes, I was also trying to still finding my voice as a creator of podcasts, right? Uh, so I've, brought a little, lot more of my own editorial voice into it, stuff like this, right? In terms of programming, um, there are three things that I really keep in mind. Number one, uh, the quality of the guest. Because my show is a guest conversation, right? I won't call it an interview because it's not really an interview in that sense. More of just a, oh, tell me about this and, and a conversation like that. Uh, but the quality of the guest is super important. Does this person have a unique take on whatever it is that they do, right? Um, I've been very fortunate that a lot of interesting people have reached out themselves saying, hey, we heard your podcast. This one person you should get on your show. They're, they're really cool. And I've met a lot of very interesting people um, through that, right? So quality of the guest is super important. Um, second is, am I in touch with what is contextual, right? Uh, are people talking about gaming right now? Are people talking about drone footage right now? Are people talking about board games right now? Are people talking about a new web series? Are people talking about a new documentary? Are people talking about a new music artist? Whatever it is, right? I try and be as contextual as possible um, in my programming. Again, shout out to my producer Vishal who helps me do this uh, very regularly. So you would have seen us do um, 
Independent Music Month in August because of Independence Day. Uh, then September because September 30th is International Podcasters Day. We did um, Podcasters Month in September and now in October yeah, so we're we doing that. Gaming Month. Um, yeah. So yeah, man, I try and be trying to be as contextual as possible. And the third um, thing that uh, I, I put in place when I'm selecting what kind of programming I'm, I'm doing is, am I going, am I pushing the boundaries of what is considered entertainment, right? Am I talking to people who are doing interesting work, but may be considered too niche? I, I especially want to bring those people in, right? So um, people are running really small, very customized dating apps, right? Um, or people who are creating very niche board games or people who are, so I, I try and bring as many unique perspectives as possible. So, so just like uh, Water With Vinny segment, as you told, we also have another segment where we take our guests back to their days at Micah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the previous guest loved this uh, segment and they had so much fun recalling their days. So I'll start with, with the first question. Tell us about your campus life and any one memory that you would like to share and your favorite memory. <laughs> I think if you say memories, uh, my canvas was was wonderful. Uh, it was a time when we, I, I think for many years, it didn't have a title sponsor. And then we went out and got a title sponsor. And in our final year, we got, we did a massive outdoor concert. That was a lot of fun. Putting together my canvas for two years, a lot of stress, a lot of fun. First time I realized... Um, you know, the weight of responsibility and then rising to a challenge and figuring that there's a lot of formative time for me. Um, something that I love to say, and I think this is the right forum to say it, is that I'm probably the only person who has won the Micah Quizzing Championship both years and the MCL and been part of winning teams of, of the MCL both years. I think I'm the only person who sits at that cross-section, which is a very wow, interesting so. thing about my life at Micah. But yeah, this is, I think this is the first time I've shared this with someone who's not like my group of Amalta's uh, boys. So yeah, man, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful time uh, at Mica. Great people, great memories. Great, sir. So what is the one thing about Mica that you still latch on to? The one thing, the people, yeah. It's, I mean, places are people. I think college is, is about the people. It's, up to matlab, and a lot of us are, are, are very close um, as not, not just as batchmates but as almost like family so the people man, 100% um, some of the most wonderful people some of the people that I've learned so much from um, yeah man absolutely so on a closing note uh, mm-hmm. can you describe Maika in one word I think faff is the word for Micah, right? Like faff is a, for people who know what faff is, right? faff is not randomly saying things that don't make sense, right? Faff is finding a way to make sense when you didn't know sense, where you didn't know sense existed, right? That aap bolte bolte khud ko surprise kar do, tab hota hai, wo faff. It is essential to know um, how to faff well. Micah gives you all the tools you need to connect the dots um, and talk about things confidently. I think that's something that's a big Mican legacy. And all the Micans that I know that I've worked with or who are doing well who, who tend to have this innate ability 
to uh, be able to connect dots because of uh, their training in FAF. Right. So I think FAF is a is an asset. FAF is not a pejorative term to beat Micans down with. Right. FAF is an asset. So yeah, Micah and 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 FAF. I think that's. Super I faffed so well at that one. Just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the like right. actual definition of faff, you know, you have right. described it. It, it, went, it went meta, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's okay. on the same lines. Ki, uh, like if you're cheating, then cheat in a way that people that you're not caught. So if you're doing bakwas, do it in a way, or if you're saying nonsense and do it in a way that, you know, like the smart way, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say your yeah. nonsense in a way that others want to copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So superb, sir. And this is uh, the time to wrap up this amazing, amazing podcast. And it's a sheer pleasure hosting you on this uh, episode. Likewise. Thank so you for fun. stopping it. Otherwise, I would have just gone on. With, <laughs> with but no, man. In all seriousness, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, sir.